Good evening, you're all listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney, here with Three Moves Ahead founder, Troy Goodfellow. Hello, hello. We also welcome freelance writer, John Bolding. Hello, hello. And today, uh, we are gathered together in the headquarters around the, t- around the command map. Uh, we have good men out there dying on the radio. We can hear them calling for aid. We are, of course, talking about Sirius Sim's Radio Commander, a experiment in narrative war game design that may leave no stereotype behind. Uh, Troy, why don't you describe a little bit what Radio Commander is? Radio Commander is... And it's an episodic war game. It's a campaign where you follow from mission to mission. You take on the role of a radio commander. You are somebody back at HQ, and in front of you, you have a map and a mission to achieve. You are given a few units who you give orders to, and you plot their position on the map, and you give them orders on what they are supposed to be doing, where they are supposed to move to, uh, where they are supposed to engage, uh... You can ask them for their status reports. You can call in airstrikes, call in artillery, depending on the mission. And through all of this, you are engaging in sort of a kind of story about the early years of the – it's set in the Vietnam War – the early years of American involvement in uh, Vietnam. Uh, The game – isn't very there's not a lot of numbers you're not required to understand the combat resolution tables you put your units on the map and they take fire and you can respond to that fire or you can pull your troops out but all you have to interact with are the chits on the map which you can take on and remove as the situation changes or as it develops based on the reports from the front uh you don't see any gunfire you can you don't even really hear much gunfire beyond the background crackle uh that goes on so it's a little it's a little bit weird in that case um you have to rely on the information that your uh, troops give to you you have to, the the conceit is that you interpret this information correctly and get them to their destinations uh, at the right time with enough support uh, to succeed in their missions um, and it's a relatively short campaign, though each mission can take uh, up can take over an hour, uh, depending on uh, its complexity, depending on the number of units involved, depending on what you are asked to do and how the situation evolves. There's also a custom mission generator uh, that you can use. It's very simple. You it's kind of a last stand type setup, you decide how many enemy units are coming at you, and decide what kind of troops you have at your disposal, and then you just try to hold up. Uh, so it's not especially, not a great scenario generator, uh, but if you want to just kill a bunch of Viet Cong and see if you can do Custer's Last Stand on Hamburger Hill, uh, this is a good way to do it. John, to me, this system feels very simple. Like, the way you interact with it is is fairly novel uh but in terms of what is actually happening out there in in combat this feels pretty straightforward yeah it absolutely is uh there's sort of a your your guys shoot at the other guys and 
generally over time the other guys die and if you've managed to flank an enemy position uh with two units then the enemy position goes away very quickly or if you hit it accurately with artillery or an airstrike or anything like that um the majority of the challenge of the game is about keeping track of things and planning it's not about actual uh game systems as far as i can tell yeah which i have mixed feelings about i feel like because this is the first time to my memory that we've had a system like this, an interface like this. Simplicity is probably advisable here. This might not be the game to start introducing a bunch of more simulational elements. That being said, I was a bit... I think one of the things this game is trying to evoke is that sense of being overwhelmed by information flooding in, by feeling removed from the action like you can't really get a good picture of what's going on and the game tries really hard to sell you on that right uh in addition to sort of the procedural radio messages you get from your units so that's where you basically have the voice actor recorded saying a bunch of numbers and they will sort of staple together a message as they report in like we have 34 men we have two wounded they will give you status reports like that. They will like let you know what their location is on the map. And all of that stuff is pretty dry and flat. Where this game tries to get you in the action, where it tries to make it feel like, holy shit, Vietnam is happening out, out there beyond, beyond this tent, is with the scripted uh, radio messages you get from characters which is very much like shit you hear in the background of a war movie, you know, panicked radio calls, requests for fire support, evacuation. And at first it is a really effective trick. I like early on, I was definitely caught up in how quickly things sometimes seem to go off the rails uh, in, in it sounding like all hell was breaking loose out there. And my, my commanders were starting to starting to crack under the pressure but once I started to realize some of those dynamics that, that John just described, where if you just kind of leave your unit in contact with a Viet Cong unit, they're going to slowly degrade each other until probably the Viet Cong unit is killed. If you flank them, they're dead. A lot of the early game is really just about, this is probably not too far, not too wide of the mark uh, for a game about American involvement in Vietnam. A lot of the name of the game here is just maintaining contact uh, with Viet Cong and NVA forces long enough for fire support to get there and win, win the fight for you. But once you realize the system is not as dynamic or chaotic as those radio messages are trying to make it sound, I did feel a little bit like the magic trick had been exposed a little bit. Yeah, it's a lot of panic in the voices, especially in the early game. You're starting to wonder, wow, this is uh, like in the second uh, scenario of the campaign, for example. Uh, the core mission is there's a bunch of wounded guys. You've got to medevac them out while your two core units are you know, holding off a Viet Cong advance on a hill. Pretty straightforward Vietnam scenario. Uh, at one point, the helicopter pilot says, look, 
I can't go back for the guys who are getting hurt now because it's nighttime. There's RPGs out there. Now, mind you, you get this message at six o'clock at night and it's in the summer. So it ain't that dark, Charlie. Don't you tell me how dark it is at six o'clock at night. Uh, (laughs) You're a a coward is what you are. But so do you send the helicopter out there in the darkness of 6 p.m.? And he's afraid of an RPG shot uh, at night. I'm not sure why he's not afraid of it during the daytime, but whatever. Uh, or do you tell your troops who are holding the hill, look, you got to stick it out uh, through night. And your the troops that leave there, they're kind of, they kind of turn into scaredy cats. They don't want to be there overnight. I know this, these, are, you know, these are, you know, young kids for the most part. Maybe it's kind of realistic, young kids, 1965. Um, but you know they're they're killing everything coming at them. They're all dug in, uh, have artillery support. Uh, they're not really in any danger, but they're panicking and they want to get medevaced and they want to get out and they want to go home to mommy. And there's no way for me to tell beyond oh we just eliminated another Vietnamese unit. There's no way for me to tell just how valid those opinions are the more battles i win with these crybabies the less seriously i take their complaints so i it makes it very hard for me to judge in a game that is just very it's so simple that's almost it's almost transparent except the in-game dialogue the in-game panicky voices both the scripted ones and the unscripted ones just it's a Potemkin village of, of, of war. It's like, wow, look at how messy and terrible war is. And it's like, I'm I'm doing what Westmoreland wants. I'm racking up that 10 to 1 body count. And they even mentioned this. It's like it's like this game was written by, by, by the Ken Burns Vietnam people. It's like it hits every single note all the way through. Um, That's hilarious because I literally have that written down in my notes is this is in so many ways, it is influenced by two views of Vietnam. It is sort of the platoon full metal jacket yeah. like mm-hmm. snappy angry racist and mean uh 60s soldiers and then also it is ken burns's vietnam so it makes it very hard for me to tell uh these voices i don't i can't trust the voice acting and that's really the only way to get to know what's going on i can't trust the messages i don't have any information on the scenario that's what's happening for you, which, you know, it might be kind of accurate, but I also don't, the guys won't do anything. And I'm not sure how much command power a radio commander had in Vietnam. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about 1960s American army structure, but I don't think a radio commander was, you know, calling in commands for every single unit and they could hear what each other were saying. Yeah, I think... Where this, like, the thing this game cries out for in some ways is a bit more of a self-directed unit AI. Right now, very, basically, you're giving them XY coordinates. And, yeah. it like, they're, they're first-generation RTS units, basically, out there. And you just tell them where on the XY grid to go. And then if they run into something, they will fight. And you can imagine a really simple, like, you know, two te- two health bars coming down as the as the two units shoot it out. But I think what the game is trying to get at is, um, you know, we talked about Black Hawk Down a few months ago. And there's that sequence where they're trying to coordinate the um, the convoy to the second chopper crash site. 
And it just keeps going wrong because there's delays in instruction and they're trying to micromanage this this convoy that is maneuvering under fire. And it all just turns into a shit show. And it really like drives home this notion that even though there's a lot of like clear information they have back at HQ, uh, there is still an inability to communicate in real time and offer clear instructions to uh, units under fire from the safety of HQ. That sort of confusion never crops up here. Like if you just yeah. keep the info straight, nothing's ever going to surprise you. And I think what the game is kind of dying for is the ambiguity of uh, this kind of command relationship. Like the notion that you are out there telling platoons, go to this exact spot and wait. Oh, APC unit, go to that same exact spot. Now load the unit that you find there onto the APC and move. It's both a little bit tedious uh, as they introduce more complexity and there's an escort mission that is just a fucking nightmare of uh, micromanagement. But the other thing that's kind of lacking is this notion that what you probably be doing is giving more vague or open-ended orders. I need you to go to, you know, Hudak Village and investigate reports of Viet Cong activity. I don't know what a platoon commander is going, like, how are they going to go about that? Uh, if I tell an APC unit rendezvous with such and such uh, a platoon, I would expect it to be a little more fraught because maybe somebody gets lost along the way. Or maybe, and this never happens in this game, maybe units have trouble identifying each other. In the jungle of Vietnam, it seems like it would be pretty tricky to always identify, like, which dudes carrying assault rifles and wearing camo are yours. Um, but this game doesn't well, yeah, have they, any of that. They kind of hint at that and then do away with it. Because, oh, we see some movement in blah, blah, blah spot. And then someone says, oh, that's us. It's like, wait, yeah. that's, not, that's not how this works at all. Yeah, that, uh, I feel so, like that happens a lot. Um, but I think it's... I'm not sure if it's probably intentional to keep you from it is, you know, but it's also to keep from wasting your time. But it's it does take away some of the confusion, I guess, which is fine. I mean, Did, because because war games, we don't want so many war games are much more transparent than this. And I, I'm not going to ding this one for having you know transparency, but why have that in there at all just to dismiss it? I think. As far as game design goes, I think it does help you keep track of your units. Um, but did did either of you fiddle with any of the settings for um, for the sort of grittiness counters? Right. Um, so you can turn on the stuff like uh, wounded soldiers will eventually die, have a chance to die over time, or your soldiers carry more realistic amounts of ammunition. Um, or they can become lost, or their radio can malfunction, or they can give you an incorrect report. Did you? Did anyone try? No, any I was those? playing with defaults, and I assumed systems would be like. I just didn't play with harder difficulty. I didn't realize that I could introduce more like fog of war. It's it's not actually clear to me what the harder difficulties do because all those things that I just listed are um, are settings within the actual game options right there next to like. Uh, infinite ammo is one that's in there right like you don't want to deal with ammo okay it's gone interesting um, did, 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 did you play with them john i did i played with them some so like i cranked up the difficulty some and i turned on like higher ammo and i made it so that the 
by default when you medevac they send in replacement troops right like the helicopter the copters are assumed to be carrying replacements for the platoon but you can turn that off and that makes the game much more difficult you have to be much more careful and make better use of your time um the problem was it it really does drag out the playtime and how long it takes to do the scenarios and you can find yourself i found myself fairly often running up against the time limits um because a lot of the scenarios will if you run out the clock on the day it will be over it will end um which i found really a really interesting element right like you can fail to complete your mission but you just lose the scenario and you have to start over it's not like there's sort of a a dynamic campaign of any kind there right yeah right huh um that is a weird choice to sort of secret that stuff away um because because yeah the, the by default everything is extremely like predictable and and straightforward um there's also an element of choose your own adventure command uh experience game that is happening here because each scenario is telling a story and at the end you're kind of rated on the choices you made and in true choose your own adventure fashion a lot of times the ramifications of the choices you made especially the small ones uh aren't clear until you've sort of seen the outcomes and so the game gets you off to a quick start with this where uh i think in the first mission you find a Viet Cong partisan unit out there in the fields outside this village. And you can shoot it out with them. But the game is also quick to be like, hey, uh, there's a there there's attack bombers, uh, close air support bombers nearby uh, that you can call in to, to hit this unit. And so it being a tutorial type mission, it feels like, hell yeah, like, let's just drop... Uh, let's just drop some bombs on them and win this thing without risk to the round troops. And then at the end of the mission, it says, hey, uh, so you bombed a v- like a Vietnamese farmer's fields and kind of leveled uh, the, the, the farms outside this village. That's going to make it pretty tough to uh, win hearts and minds. And you probably lost this village uh, to, to, to the Viet Cong because of your activity. And... That theme keeps up with more and more choices that you make over the course of the campaign that might even there like the game will do things where it will feel like maybe you fucked up, but you maybe didn't. Um, I'm curious, did anyone else here do the mission where you have to rescue POWs? Uh, yes. Okay. So it's this mission where, yeah, there's POWs. You got to find them. And you have your two squads that you've ha- you have throughout the game, Alpha and Bravo, one led by the cowardly Kovacs, uh, Kovach, and uh, then there's sort of brave but deeply racist Preacher, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but so you have your two squads of, like, regulars, and then they link up with Delta and again does this game necessarily know what's going like is this delta force or the green berets who knows it's just like these are these are the delta boys we're the we're we're special forces green berets and we're badasses they're also like war criminally crazy right and 
so the first thing they tell you is like, oh, how about you just send your amateur hour draftees way the hell away from us and just let us go deal with the POW issue. And so I did that. And while they like, so I sent my troops to this village where the, where the Delta detachment told me to send my guys immediately. A couple uh, farmers take off running and there's a question of, are those VC informants? Are they running to alert the Viet Cong camp uh, that Delta is currently trying to, to infiltrate and rescue the prisoners? And uh, so Delta is like, waste those, insert racial slur, because this game, this game is pulling liberally from like 70s and 80s Vietnam movies. And so it is all racial slurs all the time. And I wrote in my review for for Waypoint, I think the thing that is really uncomfortable for me here is in wars throughout history, like soldiers use slurs right and left. Um, But if nothing else sounds particularly authentic, like if it doesn't necessarily sound like all the research was done on like speech patterns of the time or like proper terminology – but, like, period, authentic racial slurs are there in heavy quantity, it begins to feel kind of gross and exploitative, right? Like, ah, this is just, this is just some dressing I'm, I'm putting on this pretty generic military fiction. But now, because of these racial slurs, you know it's some real Vietnam shit. I felt very similarly uh, that the full writing and background research to make the dialogue sound authentic wasn't quite there but there were some choice racial slurs to uh give you that yeah flavor it's um it's it's very much like you know the difference between i think you know when you're hearing uh characters speak in the wire or something versus when you're in like a college creative writing class with a bunch of like suburban kids who mostly listen to rap and it's that sort of thing right where it's like hmm this isn't really your language. You don't really have this 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 uh, speech down. You probably want to steer clear of words like that. That's kind of how I felt here. Anyway, though, Delta's like, you got to waste those guys. And Preacher's like, hell yeah, I want to waste those guys. And I decided I was going to be like, I was going to try to do the no war crimes run, which is tough when you're dropping napalm right and left. But nevertheless, I was like trying to do the like fewer war crimes run. So I let these guys run off into the brush and I figure the game's probably going to reward me for, you know, my restraint. I don't know if it has. Uh, The way that mission played out for me is Delta got to the camp. And got there just as a large group of Viet Cong, like, fled into the woods. And they get to the camp, and all the prisoners have been killed. Um, Just every last prisoner is executed, except, like, one pilot uh, who you rescued alive but badly tortured. Um, And the Delta guy gets on the radio and chews you out. He's like, you know, this this has been a shit show from the start. You're incompetent. Fuck you. And... Seems like a pretty unambiguously failed mission, right? Then the game gives me one of my highest scores for the entire game. Um, like, I crushed that mission. Didn't like wasn't wasn't flawless, but by the game scoring, like it gave me three stars, um, uh, like 
1100 points a lot of missions i played considerably cleaner gave me considerably lower point t- totals and uh considerably like messier scores and so my suspicion is that even though the mission basically failed there was a trapdoor hidden behind wasting the farmers or you know what i mean like that what like yeah. in terms of the broader impact on the war that was actually probably as close to a win as i was going to achieve there no i think that there were a couple spots in the game where i felt like it rewarded you for sort of sort of following what should be proper rules of engagement or laws of war and not just randomly killing people that you didn't know were your enemy um how did that mission play out for you did you did like did you save any prisoners at all absolutely not because there's an achievement where you can like save tons of prisoners there is and i didn't go in and really try and figure out how to do it yeah some prisoners were saved uh in mine but not all the prisoners to my recollection okay yeah Yeah. i only got Um, the one guy did it tell you yeah go on I, i never got a firm feel of the scoring in this game not that you know scores not that we not that we play that we play wars for scores uh, but it's even some of the mission objectives are unclear sometimes. Um, like you're supposed to hold this perimeter, so how long do I hold it? Um, you're supposed to just wait till the clock runs out. Uh, I'm taking damage. Uh, there aren't really magic hills where there's victory points. So what counts as a perimeter? Just these circles I've drawn on the map. How far can I move these guys out? Um, do I have to, if I move them out of the circles, do I lose? Uh, just objectives in terms of, yeah, I mean, like, rescue prisoners, don't rescue prisoners. I mean, like, that's an objective and you failed it, but you got a really good score. And objectives keep changing because the scenarios tick by. Um, and I was never all, always clear which ones were important, which ones weren't. Um, even from the very beginning, some of the scenarios are, kind of murky so i was so the 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 most unclear thing in the game is like i know when i'm winning a battle i think but i don't know when i'm winning a scenario this feels very much like uh the sort of fantasy of how exams in a military school might be or something like very kobayashi maru right where like Aha, but you see what you were supposed to learn from this scenario is that war crimes are bad, actually. Uh, Or sometimes overwhelming deployment of firepower could hurt the war effort. Yeah. And I don't like I don't hate that approach. Like ultimately. Right. We see a little bit of this in uh, uh, Nagel's Vietnam 65, which we talked about a couple years ago. Uh, and then later in Afghanistan 11, this notion that racking and, and, up. And you all like those games better than I did. I like Vietnam 65. Like Afghanistan 11, the, the, the tedium quotient, I think, began right. to overwhelm me. But, but, but this notion that uh, purely kinetic 
activity against uh, against uh, the enemy, right? Like just bombing the shit out of partisans is not going to achieve the objective. What you're what mm. you're here to do is uh, convince people in the countryside that you're on their side, that you can be relied on to protect them and also not bomb the shit out of them the moment you suspect they might there might be terrorists hiding nearby. Uh, I think that's what this game is trying to get at in its way, which is that, hey, in the moment when you've got panicked soldiers on the radio requesting fire support, it might seem very straightforward just to say, well, I've got this, you know, <laughs> this plane on the radio uh, with two wing loads of, of napalm. I'm just going to use that. But then the game is arguing, aha, but actually this is the wrong, this is the wrong decision. Uh, it, you know, looking beyond this one tactical moment, there is both a moral cost and a strategic cost to this kind of uh, way right. of war. Well, it's an interesting way to design a game. To give, to give you tools and tempt you not to use them. It is. And I, I love that about this game, actually. Yeah. I mean, I think um, for all its imperfections that it has, it's not a perfect game. It's a very experimental game in many ways. There's not a lot of games like this. I'm not sure there's ever been a game just like this. Um, it's a really admirable decision to really stick to the game's guns on things like you're not there you can't see exactly what's going on you need to give uh orders that people will and there's a level of abstraction here you want orders that people will follow but there's no ambiguity in how your soldiers follow your orders they just do what you tell them to well i don't know what, right? I, I don't know sometimes Alpha Platoon just refuses to get the helicopter, even though it's sitting right there. It's like, come on, guys, get the helicopter. We can't do that. Why not? I don't know. Maybe it's a bug. But it's really annoying. Alpha Platoon's like that. Yeah, yeah there, there's some funny stuff like that they won't get into, you know, won't always get into the helicopter when you want them to, or stuff like that. But um, Well, it seems like if you medevaced one dude, the, the vehicle unit is full. Like the minute, I think the, that's true. The minute you are like... Oh, somebody got wounded. Better send medevac choppers out there to pick this guy up. If then you're like, hey, we got four choppers there and one wounded guy. You guys can just hop on, right? And we can just take you somewhere else. Like that seems to be a nope, can't do that. So that is a bit of a frustration. It's uh, it's very much like air air mobile tactics. But with the crossing the river with the wolf, the goat, and the head of lettuce problem, too, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, this squad needs supply, but that squad needs their wounded picked up, and there's no yep. way they can do that at the same time. And if you leave any of them alone with Charlie, they all die. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it is an interesting notion that... Uh, you know, deploying this kind of firepower can be self-defeating, that it's, uh, you know, criminal. I think the other thing that uh, makes this game a little funny, though, is so the game starts in 1965, but it has this. Um, it's like one of those historical dramas where everybody can see pretty clearly the historical dynamics that are going to drive the outcome the historical outcomes of history so yeah. like 
this is a Vietnam game where in 1965, the, basically the minute you got your first really serious deployments of U.S. troops to Vietnam, uh, well before the war has gotten particularly unpopular and uh, before the anti-war movement has really started to uh, take off. This game from the first has dudes being like, I have no idea what we're doing here. This feels meaningless. Oh, shut up. We we got the body counts right. And I think something that cuts against this game a little bit is also this notion that it's this vision of Vietnam where basically all the participants know how it's going to end and are kind of enunciating really clear points of view and worldviews for the benefit of the player uh, so that you can sort of see what these dynamics looked like. But it's so heavy-handed. And also, it's so... It's it's very much like a Vietnam and the popular imagination vision of the war that I don't have confidence in any of the lessons it's trying to impart, right? It, it just, you know, this 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 game feels like it saw a platoon, it saw uh, a bright shining lie, and was like, yep, yeah, here's, that that's that's the war, that's how it was, here's a game about it. And it's like the soldiers fell through a portal from 1970 and are looking back on the stuff they're going to be doing in the future. Yeah. I don't I can't disagree with that. Um it it seems to understand a little too much about like guerrilla conflicts, I guess, compared to what maybe a soldier like an officer on the ground actually knew and and got and was trained to do. Right? Um yeah. so much of, about the Vietnam War was about an army that was in no way trained to fight a, an insurgency being sent to fight an insurgency. Um and that's kind of it's kind of rough. Yeah, because this is a game where basically you have dudes being like, I wasn't trained to fight this kind of war. And yeah, yeah it's it's mildly frustrating. Uh, I don't think, it, like, it can't ruin it for me because this is so different from most war games. Like, most war games have no interest in these questions at all. And I think there's reasons for that as well. Like, this is a war that most people have come to view as uh, both misfought in terms of tactics and, uh, you know, strategy for, for winning the war. And then also it is increasingly regarded as an immoral war. And there's still, like, some debate over that. But, but broadly, there is consensus about Vietnam was the wrong war, uh, fought for the wrong reasons, using the wrong tactics. And so you can make a game, a war game, that puts you in the position of a commander and forces you to use the wrong tactics in the wrong way for the wrong reasons and then comments on that. I think that's a cool thing for a war game to try and do because most don't question that at all, right? Most of them yeah. will just be like, hey, did you take the hill? Hey, in this uh, for this for this one, it's uh, so in this one you're a Wehrmacht commander in 1943 in Italy, and uh, can you take that hell? Okay, for this one now you're a uh, you know you're you're a American battalion commander in Vietnam. Can you take the hill or take the village? 
it's cool to see a game try a different approach. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for that reason, like I can't help but recommend this game to people who are enthusiastic about strategy games, especially if you're enthusiastic about the idea of a strong narrative in a strategy game. The delivery method here, though what's being delivered isn't always ideal or quite suitable to necessarily what's happening in the game, it is fascinating. I mean, it's it's, a, it's an experiment. It's a really interesting experiment. I'm not sure I can recommend it generally as a game uh, because, I mean, as a narrative, as a narrative experiment, it's really interesting, but there's just so much. The unit pushing is very annoying. <laughs> it's very, it's very much, okay, it's a lot of hurry up and wait and very fine tuned and, you know, calling a guy and saying, hey, move to one, four, seven, three, six, five isn't effectively or mechanically that different from clicking on a hex pick counter and then right-clicking where I want him to go and then speeding up the clock. I'm still Absolutely. speeding up the clock. And so the mechanics of the game are... The pure raw mechanics of the game are, I think, I'm not going to say a failure, but aren't as interesting as the conceit would lead me to believe. The conceit of... Because the radio commander still has pretty much complete super general player dictatorial control over what his units are doing. In the POW scenario you talked about, the radio commander could tell, you know, preacher, the most racist guy is the black guy, which is something else we can talk about. Uh, the, you, the radio commander can say, no, don't do that. As if, you know, soldiers weren't out all there, out there freelancing a lot of their war crimes. Uh, <laughs> So it's doing some freelance war crimes. I mean, that's just that's kind of how it was. I mean, yes, sometimes the radio commander, sometimes the commanders knew, and sometimes they didn't. Um, the idea that a commander would, you know, after this relationship you'd built up with these troops through these missions, they'd probably know, hey, this guy's not going to be cool with me killing a couple of suspected spies. Uh, so this, the personality of the units and of the characters and their autonomy. Uh, is kind of superseded by the godlike human radio commander interfering and getting in the way. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. And I think the themes of what does each mission mean for the larger war, and I think it's great to have a war game that has a very clear message. This game is not shy about its interpretation of the war, about its understanding it wants you to take away from the war. Um, even if it is, you know reading the war backwards, uh, it is very clearly a political war game, and I'm all in favor of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, just real quick, I actually think the we, – we've alluded to this a couple times. I think the character of Preacher is interesting because I think he ties into something else this game is trying to do. Not only is, is the game trying to capture – the essence of Vietnam as the game understands it and what happened there. It's also trying really hard to place everything in this global political context. And Preacher becomes an interesting character because, uh, you know, he's a 
black man from the south or at least i'm i'm pretty sure he alludes to being from the south given that he discusses uh you know how a lot of white soldiers wouldn't have talked to him back home though god knows the south doesn't have a monopoly on on that brand of racism <laughs> nope. uh, in the united states <laughs> nevertheless my 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 assumption has been preachers from the south and in between missions you get things like letters from preacher back to his little brother uh his brother writes him back and it's also trying to create this sense of while these guys are fighting, the dudes who are fighting and, and uh, you know, and, and who they're fighting for, all of this is backdropped by things like the civil rights movement, uh, by, you know, the tail end of Red Scare, uh, you know, Cold War politics. And that's the other thing this game is is trying to bring out is that yeah preacher is presented as a guy who if he didn't come to vietnam with like a point of view about vietnamese people the sheer fight for survival has turned him into just a bloodthirsty killer right where his his entire position seems to be i need to get the hell out of here and i am not going to risk my life uh for any vietnamese person like, you know, kill them all, let God sort them out. That is his approach. But then in the cutscenes, you also learn that his family is like his, his brother is dealing with the civil rights movement. And there's kind of this tension built into the game where like, okay, so you've got these guys here fighting at the very periphery of the American empire or the American like, you know, security umbrella in, in, in the cold war. But then they are also dealing with the fact that back home, these politics are becoming deeply contested and there are other fissures opening up. There are other conflicts in the world uh, that are informing this one that have nothing to do with the Vietnam war. And I think that's, yeah. a, that's again, an interesting move. I think so as well. Um, it wants to situate it in that global context. However, I can't help but wonder if it would be a stronger game if that exposition were actually delivered as the game were being played. Yeah. There's a little bit of this in that that very first sort of tutorial mission. There's a lot of your soldiers just sort of walking for a long period of time, and sometimes they'll just get on the radio and talk about stuff. And that doesn't show up again very yeah. much. It might be more interesting if while you were doing the first 20 minutes of a mission going on patrol, Preacher was like, oh, I got a letter from my brother and. Right? Because I think the disconnect from the American public would be a more interesting piece of fodder for the game to chew over rather than just sort of being like, oh, by the way, the civil rights movement is happening back home. And sort of dumps that on you. And then it's yeah. like, N now go do some napalm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, it is it is very um, slideshow in its presentation uh, sometimes right. where it's like, while while preacher and Kovach are on their way to uh, <laughs> you know to Iadrang, uh meanwhile back home, uh, yeah. you know the the anti war movement is starting to stage campus protests, and it, it would be it would be cool if that were somehow brought out uh, via the game itself, especially given when the soldiers do talk frequently. Um, I don't think the performances are bad. I think the performers are doing the best they can with kind of rough material. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I think, put, yeah, I agree. Like I, I like I think Preacher is a well performed character. The character just isn't very good. Um, and so instead, when these characters open their mouths and start shooting the shit on the radio, uh, usually it's just to unearth some more Vietnam stereotypes. Uh, you know the doe-eyed, uh, innocent Kovach, um, you know, has fallen in love with a woman he met in a brothel in Saigon or something like that. And, and he just doesn't know what to do. And it, it's, it's very much like we are not going to leave any of these Vietnam movie stereotypes unturned and i think i think where this begins to bother me a little bit more too is this notion that once again it becomes another vietnam story told entirely from an american perspective uh which it does is how the war is remembered but it bothers me that the game attempts to nod at the fact that you are intervening in someone else's civil war there are Arvin troops all around who are reacting to what you're doing. And again, the game alludes to the fact that like some of what you do is going to alienate those army of Republic of Vietnam uh, troops. But nevertheless, it has no, this game badly needs an interlocutor uh, from, from that perspective, right? It needs some sort of liaison officer or translator who can provide some kind of window into this Instead, it very much, like, even as it's trying to complicate the image of Vietnam, it very much has that vision of, like, the helicopter assault scene from uh, Apocalypse Now, right? It's just people in uh, black tunics running for the hills. Yeah. And it doesn't even have that, um, like, the we were soldiers moment where it's like, here's the Vietnamese generals in their underground uh, fortress planning the assault on the americans it doesn't it doesn't even have that sort of uh the other guys look um and i think what you hit on when you talk about like arvin troops being in the game is one of the key things uh for me is it doesn't feel like there's a world outside of your own bubble in this game and not just that it doesn't feel like anyone exists uh but the people you talk to on the radio um it's really weird like i'm a i'm a captain in the u.s army or something like that right in this game i'm in charge of a company effectively um where's my executive officer where's my first sergeant where's my staff um you have people who work for you at this at this level um why can't i be like okay xo i want this platoon to move to this set of waypoint coordinates right like in a row and engage anyone they see this is the patrol i want them to do you can't tell them to do that you can't line up those sets of commands and it it adds to the sort of robotic feeling that they have um and you have the same problem with the the characters in the game that are not yours right there's a really early on mission where you have to defend a hill troy talked about it a little bit earlier and you're supposed to rescue the wounded from other platoons you can't even talk to those platoons right you can't even talk to their commander and ask their status you just sort of have to send a helicopter to them and hope that everything's okay when it gets there um 
The same thing with the like the Arvin troops. How is there not a a liaison officer in the tent with you who you need to go through to get the Arvin troops to do things, to move and to uh hold territory? That would be a fascinating and very interesting angle for this game. Um but the scope just isn't quite there. It needed a slightly larger scope in theater, in the field and in the moment of being the commander. Um and it's hard to say that that was a necessity or that the game absolutely should have had that, but it would have been a much stronger game if it did. This is a $20 game. It's a pretty yeah. low price point. Um, before one you know criticizes something like the scope of the game or the voice acting, you have to think about that, I guess. A $20 game with no real... Uh, exemplars that it's pulling from to basically guide its design either. So right. like this thing is now uh, that may not be the case for long. Um, John, you mentioned just before the show, there's another one of these. There is, there's another game almost identically named. It's called radio general. It's on listed on steam right now. It's listed on its developers website. Um, that, looks incredibly similar it's a world war ii game with a really really similar premise and a slightly larger scale uh and i find that baffling but this is this feels like one of those like uh what is it armageddon deep impact moments where the same idea has been floating out there in the wild in the world of making games for a while uh and now two two studios two little indie devs basically have decided to make it at the same time yeah, I'm curious what the switch to like what Radio General might look like and and whether it's attempting to maybe be a bit more of a war game than Radio Commander is with its choose your own adventure aspects because right now Radio Commander does feel like it walks this line between being an experiment as Troy said or maybe just a proof of concept. A really rough and ready like demo of an idea that isn't fully fleshed out and it's like right on that border and i think some of the airlessness we've described um comes from this game has its most basic functions working it has the most basic interactions uh, with with your troops and and the enemy working, but all the other stuff you might be looking for from a game like this, coordinating with other forces, uh, dealing with ambiguity of reports, unreliability, uh, it doesn't lean into that stuff as heavily. Uh, nor does it lean into the idea that you know because you're commanding it to remove, people will act more on their own initiative. And I'd be really curious to see what a version of this game. Uh, that operates a little bit more like Command Ops, uh, you know, a game where you have to give really detailed marching orders to your forces and rules of engagement. You can decide how granular you get. You can decide whether or not you're going to just speak to your immediate subordinates or whether you're going to write a plan of action for people two, three rungs down the chain of command. Uh, It would be cool to play a version of Radio Commander where before the battle even begins, you do something like that. Now, with your radio, you decide, where am I going to intervene? Where am I going to counterman myself or supersede myself? Uh, or play a version of this that's a bit more like um, 
you know, Peter Turkin's uh, Napoleonics games that Tim Stone has written about over at RPS, where, again, you there's orders, delays. You can only see what, what you see uh, and everything else. You're just relying on other, people, other people's eyes and uh, right. other commanders' judgments. Yeah, I, I'd be really interested in that as well. Um, as you do that, you move ever further towards like a, a, a Matrix war game. Um, not the publisher Matrix games, like a literal, that's a kind of war game, um, where you're looking at really open-ended results and you're looking at a lot of possibilities if you want to keep it the same style of game and not involve a lot of mechanics, numbers, combat resolution tables, knowing exactly what happens when certain things happen. Um, and I think that it's hard, it'd be very hard to strike that balance, but I would absolutely buy and play that game. Uh, a rapid, it, I, hopefully, I think my hope for this game would be that it's successful enough that they can rapidly iterate and make a sequel, um, an interest, a, a sequel with a, a broader scope, right? Because it does, in many ways, feel like a proof of concept or a very basic game one in a series. Um, playing the very first Total War, right, <laughs> feels a little bit like this game. Or if they had, take some of those uh, difficulty things and take them out of options and make them more default to a little bit, add a little bit more uncertainty. I mean, if you do buy this and you want to play the story, there is a story level of difficulty, which I just runs you right through things. Uh, if you just want to go through the narrative stuff uh, without having to fight too much uh, through the war game uh, level. But hopefully, I would love to see these guys take another crack at this. Uh, there is enough inspiration here that I would like to see them be kind of ambitious. And like I said, I'm really keen on their very overt politics here uh, with, you know, a few missteps on the use of slurs. But beyond that, um, it's good to see that kind of energy going into making games interesting and situating a war, situating a war game in a war. Even if a lot of the larger context is left to cutscenes, um, each scenario isn't detached from a larger thing. Um, in the abstract, though it's all in the story, it's kind of a muddle. Uh, but I do really want to see these guys just do another, another, yeah, another version of this. I mean, Radio Commander one point five or something. Um, sure, I mean a version leave. of a, a version of, of this, like, but set during the uh, you know French phase of the war, could be freaking fascinating, right? Because then the limitations in in a, in a lot of places, this already feels more like that war, given the sparseness of units you have at hand uh yeah would really give us a chance to hear some truly atrocious french accents would be dope as hell or maybe they'd be great french accents maybe who knows we Let's, don't know we gotta I find believe out the, i believe the developers are located in europe i hear they have frenchmen there so ultimately <laughs> i'm a pretty firm recommend here like i like i am glad i played this i think People should check this out. Like, if you are curious about different types of war games, like, I think this is one of those things you you have to look at it, even if you end up feeling like it just doesn't work, if it doesn't hang together. Like, you have to have seen it in action, though, is is where, where I come down, where I come down with this. Yeah, I feel like if you consider yourself a, a connoisseur, a, a considered player of strategy games then you should check this game out you sort of owe it to yourself because uh it's it's weird and fascinating in 
in many ways. Troy, you, uh, you seemed a little more skeptical. I mean, if you're interested in the questions of war game design and uh, how you can work narrative into a war game and how the strengths and weaknesses of that, I think everyone that's on the design side should definitely, definitely take a look at this. Uh, if you're just into war games because you're interested in the history and, you know, the we fucking love history type people out there uh, who just want to uh, play the Vietnam War, this is might be something you might want to pick up a little bit later. I don't think it's something you necessarily need to play. It is a game designed to be talked about. Uh, and if you're able to talk to about it, I recommend picking it up because there's some, some meaty concepts here. Um, and this, but it does feel like the first draft of something really great that might be coming along in eight to 12 months. So I'm a little bit more on the, eh, it depends what you're looking for, I would think. But if you want to be sophisticated and up to date at the Wargamer Salon, uh, yes. then you absolutely have to pick up Sirius <laughs> Sims Radio Commander. Uh, if, you that will... to, if you want to hang with us in the super, super duper secret Discord. <laughs> the, the Salon. Uh, that will do it for this week. We will be back next week with more strategy discussion. Uh, Through His Head is produced by Keith Carberry and is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. You can learn more about the show and discuss this episode with our community at 3movesahead.net or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 3MA. Finally, Three Moves Ahead is supported by listeners just like you on Patreon. You can learn more at patreon.com slash 3MA. Uh, it also has further information about our super secret Discord server where we occasionally talk about strategy games. Uh, Troy and I have to run because apparently we've also got uh, in the uh, in, in the gun room uh, section of the Discord, uh, we've, we've put together a multiplayer session for EU4, which I'm sure will go swimmingly. Uh, for me, who's like a year out of practice with you four. Uh, so we're gonna have to uh, cut it off here uh, while, while trying to go play, go play with some of the discord folks. Uh, but we'll be back next week with another episode of three moves ahead. Until then for Troy, for John, this is Rob Zachney saying good night. <laughs>